Hello, and welcome to the eighth episode of Beyond the Iron Sea. Not the first unofficial Keen podcast, but we are one that just couldn't bear to let you down. Well aware that you're just desperate for your weekly slice of podcast goodness, we felt a huge amount of guilt when we realised that we weren't going to be able to produce a show for you this week. I mean, there's the blazing sunshine, there's the the football on TV, um, our unavoidable day jobs, or well... Unavoidable in my case, anyway. They've all conspired to try and prevent us from getting together and recording this episode, but um, we've uh, we've come in anyway, and here we are. Yeah. So, given that we can only offer you a short show this week, we thought we'd make it an unexpectedly good one and drop a world exclusive on you. World exclusive. Yes. Time for a whistle stop trip beyond the INC. A clause in the contract of Keen's PA Beth forces her to always appear in public wearing a scarf. First of all, let's have a look at Tim's latest music blog. Yeah, without one to sound too smug, uh, Tim cited quite a few influences who we mentioned a few shows ago, didn't he? Talking Heads, Flaming Lips. Yeah, um, I don't know if you can recall our uh, our music episode that we did a few uh, gosh, a few weeks ago now. Hmm. Um, but we um, we talked about Talking Heads, and there he is um, talking about the Talking Heads uh, and and Flaming Lips uh, in particular, talking about watching um, their documentary, uh, The Fearless Freaks. Um, quite a groundbreaking um, band documentary. Um, Tim describes it as a gorgeous, inspiring document. Um, recommends it to every band. Um, in amongst a lot of other things, I think he talks about how much he admires the, the dressing up, the animal costumes. If you've, you've never seen the Flaming Lips live, um, and really um, inspired by the invention, um, really inspiring stuff for, for musicians. The, the the ideas that the Flaming Lips have. Hmm, but it also has quite a lot of the band's mistakes as well. Uh, I remember they showed quite a lot of appreciation for the Metallica DVD as well, which shows them all going into rehab. Um, uh, there's one scene in particular where you see them uh, shooting up heroin. Do you think Keen will show that on their next DVD? I think that's probably unlikely. Um, I think that, you know, when you look back at Strangers now, we sat and watched Strangers together a couple of weeks ago. Oh, with the popcorn and everything. <laughs> but it's it's amazing that you look back on that, and it's in, an incredibly frank document um, of a band's st- struggle, basically, uh, through a... a punishing schedule. Yeah, through the benefit of hindsight, it's really interesting to watch it again now that you know everything that was going on. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, going on through the blog, um, Tim also speaks about Jay-Z headlining at Glastonbury. Um, he's very much in favour of uh, of him playing. There's been quite a lot of press over here in Britain, um, mostly from sort of washed-up rock stars, you know, Noel Gallagher, people who've headlined the festival before, and in Oasis' case, played it very, very badly. Um, a a basically saying that uh, hip-hop shouldn't be headlining the Pyramid stage, the biggest stage at Glastonbury. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what all the fuss is about, really. Um, I- I've got to confess I've never been to Glastonbury, so I can't really be a- mm. an authoritative commentator. But from what I gather, with tickets going on sale before the lineups even announced, it's not really about the bands, is it? It's more about the spirit of Glastonbury. And if you go there, you go there because you're a music lover and you're going there for the atmosphere. Yeah, well, the thing is, it- and it's dangerous to, you know, keep- come up with cliches like this, but there's no. There are few festivals in the world which can offer, as Glastonbury does, 15 different stages of performance at 11 o'clock at night, which is when the headliner plays. Um, so if you if you don't want to see Jay Z, there's so much else going on. There's massive attack. There's, um, 
I haven't actually got the, the lineup down. I think Spiritualized are playing at the same time. You know, fantastic, fantastic bands playing at the same time. So why on earth you would say if you didn't like Jay Z, and that's that's got to be a, just a matter of taste. If you don't like Jay Z, go and see one of the one of the other performers. Ninety Nine Problems, better than anything by Keen. Maybe, maybe even better than any of their singles. It's a cracking track. Sorry, I sound so so middle class and English when saying this, but um, but yeah, it's a it's a great track. Um, I don't quite know if Tom has problems with his bitch. Um, it's not for us to speculate, but maybe he will, and that will feature on the uh, on the next record. Anyway, going back to Keen, Tim talks about the band still tinkering away on songs in the barn. Interestingly, in the last uh, blog, he mentioned a musical saw. Um, and for those of you who don't know what that is, basically a small, flexible piece of metal, I guess a saw, yeah. um, and you, you play it with a bow, and then you flex the the metal to get a different sound. Um, probably a great example of this. Um, I remember seeing, uh, I think they've broken up now, um, an Australian duo um, called Soda Stream. At, um, it was at the church at St. Giles in the Fields a couple of years ago, and they used a, a musical saw to um, to great effect. Um, I wouldn't mind hearing that on a, on a Keen record. Hmm. Or if you're not a musical snob... It was also featured on uh, Britain's Got Talent, which is uh, quite interesting. Anyway, I, 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 well, <laughs> it is interesting, but only because the girl and the dog should have won. Carry True. on, carry on. Yeah, I, I, I personally... No, actually, no, the two Indians. Carry on. Personally, I think I think the musical saw is a bit of a joke, really. Um, I, I can't really imagine that on a Keen record somehow, and, and, and if they wanted that sort of sound, why not use a theremin? Mm. Anyway, it is definitely interesting to note that Tim opened the blog by saying big drum roll, that the album is nearly done. Which is kind of what we've been saying for a few weeks now, really, isn't it? Well, I guess so. Um, but speaking, getting back to us, it's uh, it's even more intriguing when you take into account some exclusive news on the third album that we've got to break to you. Which is coming up after these messages. Tom Chaplin was offered a contract by the Indian Premier League, but turned it down to safeguard his England future. Beyond the Keen's internet blogs over the past two years have been accompanied by a wealth of photographs offering an intimate insight into life on the road with one of Britain's most successful contemporary pop groups. These photographs, taken by Richard Hughes and the band's lighting technician Rob Sinclair, are being released in a limited edition hardback volume called RNR In and Around Keen, which will only be available online. For more information and to pre-order your copy, visit the website at rnrkeen.com. So, there's something else we need to talk about, I think. A certain exclusive something? I guess I should explain. Um, We often get emails from you, our listening public, and often they come in from from old friends of ours, people that we've met at gigs or uh, spoken to via the message board. But more usually, they're from strangers, people who we've never seen before, uh, people we've never met. Um, yeah, usually the kind of emails we see coming into our inbox just ask us questions about the band or, or tell us what a good job we're doing <laughs> or just, just want to have their name read out, really. Yeah. However, uh, this week we received one from someone with some exclusive news on the final stage of the band's preparation for their third album. Yeah, having recorded in the barn in Sussex, at the studios in Paris and Berlin... We're told that the band will shortly move on to a fourth country, the United States of America, to finish the album off in California. 
the previous two albums were both mastered in New York, um, or so Chris tells me. Mm. Um, so it it wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't be unprecedented for the album to be finished off there, but um, it would be new for the recording to finish there. Um, it would be very like what the Killers did um, when they were finishing recording Sam's Town, um, where they crossed the Atlantic to to finish off the the final songs uh, over in London. Hmm. A change of scenery, perhaps, to offer a fresh perspective before it's all wrapped up. Do you think? Yeah, something like that. Um, but yes, the, the email didn't stop there. Um, we also had a word about the release date uh, for the record, um, which apparently is starting to be firmed up now. Um, and while obviously this is still uh, provisional, um, the date that we've been given is, Chris? Drumroll. November the 3rd, 2008. Interesting. Well, hmm. let us just stress that this is not official. Um, we've actually got no reason to argue with it, though, um, or with our source. Yeah, it's quite a credible source, I think. Plus, it seems to tie it with a few things that we've already been told. It's also the first day, I guessed, months and months ago as well. See, you should play the lottery, Chris. Um, yeah. Let's hope that you're right. Um, I mean, if, if that is true, and it is to be November the 3rd, um, that would mean there's a little more than four months to go until Keen Album 3. Time to start getting excited. Facts. Peruvian fan has a tattoo of Tom Chaplin's face across her entire back. So that is all from this improvised edition of Beyond the Iron Sea. Next week, we'll be doing our best to bring you your regular edition. And I do assure you, I will be funnier then. In the meantime, keep emailing us your queries and anonymous tip-offs at beyondtheinc at gmail.com But until next time, goodbye.